Radio. Episode 239 of the Dark Windows Podcast. My name's Kevin. I'm Kevin. And I'm just uh, you know, humming a tune over here. Yeah. You're probably like, what the hell is he doing? And we're looking at gun parts, which is good. Because, uh, you know, I think I finally talked uh, somebody into maybe building another air, building himself an AR-15 finally. Getting an AR-15 yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> before, before you can't get one anymore because shit's getting stupid as fuck. But anyway, Kevin, you mind telling them what we are doing this week uh, we're still on the road trip we are but where are we going on the road trip we're going to montana yep we're going to the the idaho sniffer itself yes yep the well look at it looks like it's sniffing idaho yeah butt crack no it's got a face like sniffing idaho like is it the front of idaho uh, it's more like a joe biden sniff because it's like uh, coming right in at shoulder level almost uh, you know one of those uh, yeah uh, you know, sniffs. Getting 10% of sniffs from the big guy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're going to big sky country. Um, yep. When you big. think when you think open ranges running for miles and miles and miles and then just slamming into mountains, you're probably thinking Montana. Um, yeah. If you ever watched Yellowstone, Montana. Um, and spoiler alert, ladies, Rip is not that handsome without the beard and hat. He looks like a giant baby. So I know there's a lot of girls out there like, oh, my God, he's so hot. Get rid of the facial hair and get rid of the cowboy hat, and he looks like a fucking chubby 12-year-old. I've seen him without it. Yeah. Kind of like Ryan Hurst that played Opie in Sons of Anarchy, you know? I've seen him without yeah. it. Yeah, without the beard, baby Huey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. Um, so, <clears throat> Montana is actually the fourth largest state in the country at uh, 147,040 square miles. And it's also the largest landlocked state in the country. Um, yeah. It's also, just to put it into perspective, it's slightly larger than the entirety of Japan. Oh, wow. Like, square square mileage-wise. I didn't think it was that big. It's big, yeah. I thought, like, Japan was the same size as California. No, Japan's a little bit bigger, because you have to figure in all the islands and stuff. Well, I just figured California because California is because like, it's shaped what, like that. The third largest, no second largest. Mm-mm. There's there's bigger California. Oh. Yeah. Well, I said third, second or third largest. I mean, I was thinking, I was just kind of like thinking because I mean, I know Alaska uh, is the largest. You have Alaska, Texas. It was, it was either Texas or it was uh, it was California for. I second. can't remember what the third one is, and then Montana's fourth. Well, it's either it has to be either. Alaska, Texas, California, or Alaska, California, Texas. I think Texas is bigger than California square mileage wise. Probably right. I think um, Montana has a population of just a little over a million, with thirty-two thousand calling the capital of Helena home. Um, and we'll get into the fun facts immediately because this is another weird thing with Montana. I want to know if it's actually Helena because I've heard it's Hel- Helena, Helena. Helena. I I don't think I don't it matters. Know. I'm not from there, so I'm not going to pronounce it right. Fuck I don't it, really right? care. Who cares? You know, like you go to Bozeman where there are like other people are. Um, yeah, actually, that, I, I didn't know that was actually it was really it really is a town. Bozeman, yeah, yeah. So it's Billings, yeah. which is actually the I think Billings is technically the largest city in the state population wise. 
Yeah. Um, so right into the fun facts, because it does kind of tie right into that whole thing. There are an average of 7.4 people per square mile, um, making only Alaska and Wyoming have a smaller population per square mile, mm-hmm. which that's why I'm like, Montana may not be bad because there's nobody else around. I like it. Um, Montana is the only other is the only state that is exactly one time zone in width. Um, it runs from, I believe, uh, mountain directly into uh, Pacific. It's either mm-hmm. mountain into Pacific or central into into central mountain. into mountain. Yeah, but it's it's exactly one time zone wide. So you can go from one end of the state to the other and not change time zones. But if you go across the border either way, you are going to, which is kind of weird. Hmm. Um, Cascade County reports the most UFO sightings of anywhere else in the state. This could be potentially due to the placement, uh, the placement of a Malmstrom Air Force Base within the county. I mean, shocker, an Air Force Base and UFO sightings coinciding. Never heard of that. <clears throat> I'm going to say uh, you might want to head on over to uh, patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast. Five dollars a month will get you, I'm assuming, a tie in to this episode. Yes. Now that Kevin's mentioned it. Yes. So. It will, because I'm going to be talking about an incident that, or I'm actually going to read an incident that happened um, there. Oh, handy. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. Like We didn't. That's the thing. is every, I know there's people out there like, oh, they plan for all this shit to line up. We really fucking don't. Fuck no. Like, next week we're doing um, our Memorial Day special, as we do, as we tend to do every Memorial Day. Motherfucker, there's coasters. It's on the fucking paper. I don't care. Coaster. Jesus. You know, you are an ass. When it's on paper? Coaster. It's not. It's a f- put a fucking coaster down. What's I, a, where's I, the ring going to happen? I don't care. It's coaster. A Yeti. There is no ring. <laughs> um, but yeah, like next week with, with our Memorial Day thing. I know who I'm doing. I'm assuming you probably know who you're doing. Fuck no. What but are the I chances that we're going to land on the same person? Never. Not very fucking good. We have not. I will tell you right now. Mighty guys from World War II. Ta-da! I'm... I, I don't know. I was thinking about doing a group of people. Okay. Well, I mean, there may or may not have been books and movies written about this gentleman's exploits, but as far as I'm going to go... Uh, ooh. I know. It's kinda, that's a tricky one for World War II, right? Because uh, there's not that many. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Um, in 1999, the folks of Sacco... Sacco, Seiko. I don't know how to pronounce it in fucking Maine either, so Montana, it's, you're well, I on your own. Maine, it's Sacco. Right. So... Um, they cooked a world record burger. Um, five pounds? Five pounds. I bet you, ha ha. I don't know. Consisting just, of, ten consisting of, I said a world record burger. I just said 10 pounds. You're like, why is that a world record? Well, you know, it consisted, <laughs> consisted of 17 cows worth of beef and weighed in at just a little over 6,000 pounds. Okay. Okay. They cooked a three ton burger. Okay. I was just, Wow. <laughs> You were aloft by just a couple pounds. They're going to feed a whole fucking Ethi- a whole country of Ethiopia. Leftovers were had town-wide for the next couple days, including Sloppy Joe's, biscuits and gravy, obviously other burgers, chili, stuff like that. Um, uh, and the town is home to approximately 159 people. That's a lot of meat going around. That's a lot of, like... <sighs> wow. That's a lot, that's of, a lot of soul-searching dumps and meat sweats. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, you eat that much meat, and you get the meat sweats, and they're like, oh, man, I got to shit. And then it's a life-changing event when you do shit, mm. because mm. that's a lot of 
a lot of protein going uh-huh. in and then having to come back out. Um, the Lewis and Clark expedition stopped at Travelers, uh, Travelers Rest in Lolo, Montana. This is the only site that has physical proof of the presence of the Explorer team. This is the only place they ever physically checked in on their journey. I've heard that. Yeah. Somewhere. Um, Montana holds the record for the all-time coldest temperature in the lower 48 at negative 70 degrees, which was set at Rogers Pass on the Continental Divide on January 20th, 1954. Um, It may have been colder than that, but that's the lowest temperature reading that the thermometer could give them was negative 70. (laughs) So it could have potentially been colder than that. Um, What? Wait. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, their record high is 117 degrees. Um, so if you were to go from one to the other, that's a swing of 187 degrees. Yeah. Wow. Which it's like your hamburger's done at 187 degrees. Huh. You can eat pork chop. No, you can eat pork or chicken that low, but you can definitely eat, definitely eat beef that, that temperature. Yeah. 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 Um, huh. So get right into some dumb laws. Cause we got a few. Oh, of course. Uh, in Whitehall, it is illegal to operate a vehicle with ice picks attached to the wheels. Not not snow tires, not ice chains, ice picks. That's so if, bullshit. If you've somehow zip-tied fucking ice picks like you'd use to climb a glacier to your tires, you can't drive it. I, I, I'm just calling that's bullshit because, I mean, you know, the amount of snow they get. First of all, it's also a really bad idea to do that because you're going to damage your vehicle. You throw off your balance of your tires, and if one of them turns and catches, you're going to rip the fucking fenders off. And then you have to come talk to people and and get just outrageous quotes for body work. Well, um, apparently someone had the idea that they were going to use ice picks. Somebody knows a thing or two about quoting out outrageous amounts of work for vehicles. Um, in Kalispell, Montana, all pool tables in a billiards hall must be visible from the street. So if you're walking down the street, you walk past a pool, a pool hall, and there's like big windows. You have to be able to see every pool table in there. You can't have like a, an L-shaped building and have pool tables that aren't visible. Don't know why. What the fuck? No explanation. <laughs> um, this must be like some 1800s like my, my first thought was like My first thought was either that or some organized crime shit. Like, you know, if you, some Montana fucking goombas in there playing pool you have to be able to see them through the window i don't know yeah i don't feel like there's a, a large uh weird italian contingency of mafia members in never the state know. of montana never know i mean the, the ones that are there aren't supposed to be telling people where they are because that's probably witness protection shit at that point um and in helena you can't play frisbee golf after dark don't know why somebody probably got domed with a I don't know, are those weighted? I don't know. Uh-uh. Oh, probably got hit. Probably got whacked in the head with a frisbee. I mean, and he got pissy about it. I mean, they're solid because it's it's a frisbee. It's solid plastic. Yeah, it's a frisbee. Like you get hit with a frisbee, you're gonna know you got hit. Yeah, but it's not like a regular frisbee. No, they're heavier. Yeah, yeah. Um, head back to Billings for our final one. This may be one of my one of my favorite laws, like dumb laws that we've heard so far for any state. Bombs, grenades, rockets, and large caliber weapons are not allowed in city council meetings. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah. You can bring your 9 mil or your 45 with you. That's fine. They just don't want anybody in there with like 308s or, you know, a 6.8 Creedmoor. You know, we don't know. Sorry, 6.5 would be the Creedmoor. We don't need that in there either. Um, I'm just going to say. No 30 out sixes. 
That's bullshit. If you got a shotgun, it better have birdshot in it. Slugs, and you're right out of here, mister. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm calling bullshit on it. You know. That's bullshit. You, I mean, come on. What, what the, what, what? Do, <sighs> this is Montana, goddammit. As the kids say nowadays, <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> I mean, it's prejudice against calibers. It's not racist, because. I, I don't know. I heard a kid say the, the other night against a, a umpire that had his baseball bat, and he's like, little league game, and he was like, does that ump have my little league bat? And the coach was like, yes. And he's like, that's racist. I'm like, because what? we've conditioned an entire generation to think that if you just say something's racist, you get your way. Yeah. Something. And that's not how it works. No. You know? No. Not at all. My favorite thing is like when you don't like someone from a different religious group and you get, you know, like, that's that's racist. No, it's not. Because Muslims and Jews and Christians are not racist. Mm-mm. Because you can be of whatever color, nationality, or what the fuck, and, and still follow one of those, and it's. It's not a race. It's true. Very, very true. Don't be stupid. <laughs> very, very. Zionistic, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. I don't know. I don't know. I don't but usually know. people just refer to it as being, you know, religion. When you don't like one of the... Well, it's just how the religion works. Six, one half of the other. Yeah. You know. Um, man, oh, man. We don't have a whole bunch of famous folks from Montana. No. Got a few. Um including one of the best NBA coaches of all time and, quote, holistic healing enthusiast, Phil Jackson, who was born in uh, Deer Lodge, Montana. I didn't know that. No, I didn't either. Huh. I mean, he's a white dude, so, I mean, Montana kind of makes sense. I didn't you know? know that. And uh, wow. what's he got to combine nine rings between playing and coaching? Something like that. Well, he has He's six. got six with the Bulls, and I think he had at least he had two or three playing. No, but he also has more. He has more than that. Because he has him with the Lakers, too. Oh, well, he's got a shitload then. Yeah. I mean, he's not Bill Russell, but he's got some rings. Um, He he would beat Bill but Russell. But Bill Russell got all his playing. He didn't get any coaching. True. And Bill Russell had enough to put one on every finger and still hold one off from the side. True. Yeah. Um, very, very true. SNL great Dana Carvey was born in Missoula, Missouri. Montana, not Missouri. <laughs> that was last week. Uh-huh. Um, uh, another guy where it's kind of up in the air whether he was born there or if he just spent most of his life there because it wasn't really technically a state yet would be Sitting Bull. Um, would have been a territory at that point. So it's not it's not really known if he was born there or if he was born elsewhere and just migrated there and lived most of his life there. But he was there for a chunk of time. I don't remember what tribe he's from, though. Okay. No, don't think I'm, I'm just... I, I don't uh, know. Huh. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to get some rapid fire ones here. William Wiley Galt, Laverne Parrish, Leo J. Powers, Donald Rule, and Henry Schuer. I have no fucking clue who um, any of them are. And I even wrote you probably, none of these names are probably ringing a bell, <laughs> but all these men were born and raised in Montana and they were all awarded the medal of honor during world war two. And one. Wait, hold on. Say the names again. Uh, William Galt, Laverne Parrish, Leo J. Powers. Donald Rule and Hen- uh, Henry Sh- uh, Schuer. Okay. So most Two of them, them, maybe I think most of them received them posthumously, um, including one of them that died during the Battle of Iwo Jima, mm. which that's got to be some fucking culture shock. You go from Montana to goddamn Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's warm here. Why does the air feel like water? That's called humidity, son. You're not used to that. Um, so no. I'm going to stop here quick. 
So I can see you're just like chomping at the bit. So why don't you uh, lead us off with actual topics? Okay, actual topics. Yeah. So uh, I was like, hey, you know, last week I did UFO. So this week, let's see if there's any cryptids. And again, Montana, and crypt- not easy Mont- to find cryptids in. Less Montana, one Bigfoot. Montana has a total of whopping three. Yeah. And one of them I was like, ah, Fuck it, I'm not covering that because right. it's a fucking stupid lake monster. But you also get, like, Montana's one of well, those I, places. Well, I did cover it. I did cover it, sort of. Sorry. But Montana's one of those places where you get your boilerplate cryptids, you know, like your fucking a la carte cryptids. You get Bigfoot, Dogman, fucking Thunderbirds, shit well, like that. Yeah, the Thunderbird. Shit that you find elsewhere, too. So, Thunderbird, I didn't. Okay, the only one I didn't do was the Thunderbird. Right. Maybe some Wendigo sightings here so, and there. Um, you know. There was the Flathead Monster. And then uh, uh, Shunko uh, Warrikin. Ah, yes. Okay. The Rocky Mountain Hyena. Yeah. So. Uh, those motherfuckers um, are still around pretty confidently. So the the Flathead. Flathead oh, Lake Monster. Flathead Lake Monster, yes. Uh, it's lovingly called Flossie. Uh, <laughs> since <laughs> That's it, cute. It was first uh, sighted um, in 1889. There are 79 accounts of large uh, sized objects uh, that have been documented. People describe a it as a large eel shaped creature that is 20 to 40 feet long. It's round, brown to blue, black in color. Sounds and, like an eel. Yeah, you know, and very uh, obvious steel black eyes and undulating hips. Um, Others had identified I- it as. A large size fish from six to ten feet hold, in length. Hold on here. Let's let's take a break here. I'm not a fish scientist. Okay, I mean I will admit that. Um, something you guys don't know is every time I've said I'm I'm a fish doctor, I've been lying to you because I'm really not. He, he, I am a hundred percent confident that fish don't have hips. And this thing's just down there, just like Shakira, you know, all hey. over the place and stuff. Who may also be a vampire. I'm not sure because she doesn't age. I don't know. Like, there's, I've seen pictures of her now as compared to, like, when she first came out or, you know, came big or whatever. Uh-huh. Same thing. She's like Nicolas Cage. She's a vampire. Uh-huh. No. Johnny Depp's also a vampire. Oh. You've never seen those those ones? I think John Travolta's got one like that, too. Mm, he might be. Yeah. Um. He may also be, like, part gay because he does a lot of weird shit in bathhouses. Um, Johnny Depp. He's aged, so yeah, he's not not as like not like he should. Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe it's all the preservatives from the the heroin and drugs and shit. I don't know. You know, I uh, mean, living with a fucking succubus will actually, <laughs> you know, force you to age a little bit too, especially uh-huh. when she's shitting in your bed constantly. Yeah, yeah. I said what I said. Hot take. Amber <laughs> Heard's a piece of shit. <laughs> so uh, I found an article I'm gonna read actually for for this one. Um, it, cause I was like, I, I looked at it and I started reading it. I was like, gonna take some stuff from it. And I'm like, you know, why the hell should I? Because this person actually did like a, a lot of research on, um, the flathead lake monster and had some accounts that they found. And I was like, well, why not give them their due and mm-hmm. read it? So it's called, it's from, uh, it's history of a monster. Um, it, I actually found it from uh, flatheadbeacon.com. If anybody wants to look it up. Um, and this was done in August 29th of 2007. It, 
so I'll continue on. Here it says, uh, Lainey uh, Hansel can't tell you if the flathead monster exists, but he won't tell you it doesn't. He has file folders full of uh, recorded accounts, maps, newspapers, clippings, and various tidbits concerning the creature. After nearly 30 years of working as a fisher, uh, uh, fisheries biologist on Flathead Lake, he knows the body of water well. It's a lake of mythical proportions, and Hansel sees no reason to dismiss eyewitness accounts of a creature with those same proportions. Right. I believe the people are reporting to me. Uh, I'm sorry, let me start that again. I believe that the people who are reporting to me, he said, they say we saw something and it was real. Hansel began recording uh, eyewitness, quote, monster accounts in 1990. Uh, when he still worked for Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Because the large am- uh, number of sightings called into the agency warranted his, uh, its own file. It was after his retirement in 1993, though, he uh, had enough time to interview these people personally, gather their stories, and then file them. He does it because it's intriguing, he said, and because he thinks maintaining records of such cultural lore is important yeah absolutely because this this thing there's probably lore with this going back to the natives i would assume yeah you know uh he doesn't claim to have seen the monster somebody has to keep these records he said regardless of what they say i just write it down i don't say well maybe you did see this the people who come he's he's just a he's a librarian yeah yeah record keeper and that's that's important Yep. Because without people like that, you lose stories. Exactly. You know? People I mean, like that have been have been needed since the dawn of time. Yeah. You know? Just got to write things down and record them as, as somebody else has reported it to you. Exactly. Whether it's real or not. Yep. You know, because whatever they... I mean, obviously, he's found similarities. You know? You can't have so many people going, well... I saw this, and then someone else saying I saw this, right. and, and not see some similarity. And if and even if the people don't know each other, so I don't know if I've ever explained my my take on lake monsters. Um, it's not that I don't believe in them because clearly you've had so many people see things like that. Mine is more I just don't like to research them because they're all fairly similar. I think it's just misidentification. You know, you never have. Uh, you never have anybody come forward with a, a fucking a violent in, a, like encounter with a lake monster. You have people come forward with, with violent encounters with Bigfoot and Dogman and stuff like that, and those are exciting. Those are more interesting to read about mm-hmm. than I was out fishing and this thing like bloop, 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 came up through the water. Yeah, that, that, yeah, it probably scared the shit out of you. But you know, until this thing bites a chunk out of your boat or like eats your dog that you have on 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 deck with you, not I'm, super interesting, man. And I mean. Yeah, sea it's, monsters, it's, on the other hand, different story. True. So he goes on to say, most people try to talk themselves out of seeing something unusual. As the largest freshwater uh, lake west of the Mississippi River, Flathead covers nearly 200 square miles and is as deep as 386 feet. That's a deep lake. Very deep. With 22 different fish species and an array of aquatic plants, the lake in theory, is big and hospitable enough to hold a large creature. 
It could hide yeah. something very easily, Hansel said. The creature Hansel, uh, Hansel prefers the word over the most, um, the more negative monster is generally described uh, as being between 20 to 40 feet long with humps on its back, steel black eyes, and an eel or snake-like body. What amazes Hansel is that, is that many of the descriptions are the same, even though the witnesses have never met. Um, this was also true before the sightings began to garner media attention, which uh, has included two interviews with Hansel on a San Francisco talk radio show. Okay. Uh, it has similarities that really piqued my interest, he said. This consistency is kind of uh, validity. I mean, the similarities occurring in this, to- this thing, it's uncanny. Hansel never found any scientific evidence of the creature's existence while working for FWP. In many years of studying Flathead Lake's aquatic life, he worked with high-sophisticated acoustic equipment that was able to detect a one-inch fish 300 feet below the surface. That's impressive. Yes. Because that's that's not like your fucking regular everyday like fish finder that you're throwing in your bass boat that's that's impressive yeah a fish that big that low not not very big no uh he never detected any large unknown creatures he did however pull up nets on several occasions with uh huge holes those were pretty uh pretty big holes that i can't i couldn't explain hansel said the first recorded sighting was in 1889 other sightings occurred uh, sporadically through uh, the 20th century. Paul uh, Fogelberg, the former editor of the Flathead Courier, put together a file of earlier sightings. Fogelberg is the original Flathead Lake Monster historian, and he still works with Hansel in maintaining records. The biggest year for sightings was in 1993, when Hansel recorded 13. The most recent Shit. sighting was in 2005. One day in 1993, two people, 16 miles apart, reported sightings within 25 minutes of each other, which could support other people's claims that they saw two creatures, Hansel yeah. said. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, also, many people say that the schools of fish jump out of the water in an apparent attempt to escape a predator right before the monster appears. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think about it, he's he's most li- saying most likely this is an eel. Yeah. Eels can get really, really big and not need a lot of food to do so. No. But it seems like there's a bunch of fish here, too, because there's a bunch, like, multiple different species like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, and eels can get large without a lot of effort. 15, 20 feet? I mean, we saw one at the, the, um, the aquarium in... Uh, uh, Chattanooga when we were down there it was an electric eel and I mean it was every bit of 8 feet long yeah. and it wasn't in a huge tank it was just you know they, they could get big and mm-hmm. and the, the humps thing because they have a, a, a dorsal fin that runs the entire length so if it's turning just right that and you're seeing it that could definitely be mistaken for humps Yeah, you know it, it's like with ours um, do I think Champ is a plesiosaur? No. no it's probably a big fucking sturgeon yeah. Um, or there's they have recordings of shit from Lake Champlain doing echolocation. We also know 
from the fossil record that we had whales in there, most likely beluga whales. Yeah. Due to the size of them and the, you know, the temperature of the water and stuff. It kind of, uh, I mean, maybe. Who knows? I don't think it's a, you know, not a fucking dinosaur, but yeah, there's probably a big, big, big eel or fish in here somewhere. Something. You know, I mean, or do we have some kind of species of like dolphin or something? Yeah, you know, some kind of porpoise kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think because I think technically the beluga whale is a porpoise. I don't think it's actually a whale. I don't know. I don't I'm gonna either. say sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree, and because uh, I don't really know. Again, not a fish doctor. No, and I know whales aren't fish. Or I'm not fish wizard. So. I know, and I know they're not fish. They're no. fucking mammals. It's fine. Um, people might be seeing a variety of things. When they think they see a monster, Hansel said, maybe they see a uh, log bobbing in the water. On a calm day, a boat's wake can travel up to six miles. And I, any, and eyewitnesses, I'm sorry, let me start this again. An eyewitness may see the wake without a boat in sight and jump to conclusions. Many people have argued that witnesses actually saw sturgeon, but Hansel said a sturgeon has never been recorded in Flathead Lake. Okay. okay, fair enough. Fair enough. In the 1950s, the sturgeon theory gained popularity. Sturgeons can grow more than 10 feet long and have prehistoric characteristics that look uh, monstrous. Oh, yeah. Which, yes. Yeah. We have sturgeon here. We, we, we actually have... can't catch them. Well, you can, but you can't keep we can, them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because you have no control over what you're catching. Yep. Um, we, actually, we actually saw some sturgeon down there, too, and those ones were, they were big. I mean, like five or six feet long, which isn't. We, we've had, uh, I want to say there was a 13-foot one caught in Lake Champlain yeah. at one point in time that they had to report to the game wardens because it was so fucking big. Yeah. Um, but then you you have weird shit. Like, again, when we were in Tennessee at that aquarium, they have a bunch of native fish species, including one I didn't know was native to Tennessee, which are paddlefish, and they are fucking weird looking. Hmm. But Montana's got... Um, oh, fuck. I want to say Montana has paddlefish, too, because that's where... Uh, <laughs> that's where Far, uh, Far Cry 5 is set and you can catch paddlefish there and you can also catch big goddamn rainbow trout yeah so probably I mean or they can catch lake lake trout which lake trout big ass huge. big lake trout yeah yeah um, but at one point uh, Big Fish Unlimited offered a cash reward for any sturgeon caught out of Flathead Lake a man named C. Leslie Griffith uh, came forward on May 28, 1955, with a seven foot six inch, 181 pound white sturgeon. Son of a bitch. That is now on display um, at the Polson Flathead Historical but Museum. But I thought they didn't have sturgeon there. Weird, no. right? The event. Jumping the border and shit. Yeah. Uh, the event was covered all over the press, with many people doubting that the sturgeon came from uh, Flathead Lake. Though the controversy was never publicly resolved, Hansel said a biologist from the University of Montana cut open the fish's stomach and determined it came from a separate river system. Ah. Uh, but still from Montana, I would assume. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Brian Beck, who owns Flathead Lake Monster, Inc., had a sighting in the late 1980s. He wrote it off as a t- at the time. He said, because it's easy to take yourself out of such strange, uh, strange things. But a week later, he heard about other people who had sightings at exactly the same spot and time as his. Uh, it was a serpent type 
with waves, Beck said. It just didn't look like anything I've ever I've seen on the lake, and I grew up on the lake. I've seen about everything on the lake. Beck acknowledges there's a chance he saw a log or something else. With perfect wind and uh, lighting conditions, it gave the impression of a living creature, maybe. He, okay. It couldn't actually uh, be our monster, he said. You never. It, it, I'm sorry. It could actually be our monster, he said. You never know. That's the, what mistakes the what makes the great the story so great. You can't say something doesn't exist just because you haven't seen it. True. True. And that's the big but, thing with like Bigfoot. Well, where's the evidence? Well, and, I mean, seeing something is fucking evidence still. And I say this. I. I mean, I say that Champ doesn't exist because of the, not in the form that they claim yes, it is. Yes, because of the fact that there's no fucking way. First off. That a plesiosaur, right? Somehow miraculously survived. I mean, people will make that same argument with the coelacanth, but that's a much smaller animal. Yeah, much smaller. Doesn't need as much to survive. Doesn't need as much space. It's a fish. It's about you know five to six feet long. But it's not a fucking dinosaur. But a plesiosaur needed air, right? And as it also needed they... a lot of room. Yeah. Were they there at one point in time? Probably. You know, back when we were completely underwater. Sure. Yeah. Probably. Is it there now? No. No. No, it's not. No. So, uh, the next one is the Shunko Barakin, also known, as Kevin said earlier, as the Rocky Mountain Hyena. Yep. Uh, they're known to attack dogs and cows and sheep and anything else served up on a uh, fenced in a platter. If I remember correctly, the word Shunkawarakin translates to dog stealer. Yes. Or dog taker, one of the two. Yes. Yeah. Wonder wonder why I've looked into something that would be described the way that this animal is that you're about to talk about. Weird. I don't know. Huh. Strange. The Shunkawarakin was reported uh, from the Great Plains during pioneer days by both white settlers and Native American tribes. The first documented sightings of the the animal by white settlers began in the 1800s or I'm sorry 1880s to be mm-hmm. more precise uh, when members of the Hutchins family settled down in Madison River Valley in the lower part of Montana not long after the Hutchins settled uh, in the area they along with several other locals began to encounter a strange wolf-like animal the best evidence of his existence was a specimen shot in 1886 by Israel Amon Hutchins uh, on what is now the Sun Ranch in Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is actually from his account. Okay, uh, I'm a, so I I was like, oh hey, look, I found the account. So I'm like, fuck it, let's actually read it because it's pretty cool. So uh, something was attacking his animals and the animals of other farms and ranchers in the area. Something dark and canine-like that screamed in the night. Like nothing he had ever heard. One morning he woke to his dogs barking and jumped out of bed to find the canid uh, chasing his geese. Well, fucker, shoot yeah. it. Absolutely. Anything going after your livestock, you're allowed to shoot. Yes. The um, beast had a dark coat, high shoulders, and a slanted back. Hutchins finally got a shot at it, but missed. 
killing one of his milk cows instead. That motherfucker. <laughs> Dumb fuck shot one of his cows. Yes. He's clearly not following gun safety rules where you know your target and what lies beyond it. Exactly. You don't shoot your cows, dickhead. Yes. Uh, Hutchins you silly tra- fuck. Uh, Hutchins traded the carcass to a businessman. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, never mind. Hold on. Let me strike that. Go back. Uh, killed one of his cows instead. So the next time he got in his sights, though, he missed the cow and killed the cryptid. Hudson's traded the carcass to a businessman named Joseph Sherwood in exchange for a new cow. Smart move. Uh, Sherwood was also a taxidermist, so he mounted the creature and showcased it in his, uh, combo grocery store slash museum. That's some shit right there. Yeah. You're at a grocery store in a museum? Nope. It's kind of, I've That's never pretty heard of, fucking rad. Never heard of one before, yeah. but hey, what the hell. Uh, this was in uh, Henry Lake, Idaho. Uh, he dubbed it a uh, Ringdicus for reasons unknown. The Ringdicus outlasted Sherwood and was on display in, at least into the 1980s. And then it disappeared. Yep. Dead cryptids can be... As hard to find as uh, live ones. The only physical evidence of the existence of the stuffed Rindicus was a, a black and white photo of the beast published in 1977 in an autobiography of naturalist uh, Ross Hutchins, the grandson of the original monster, uh, original person who shot it. It's it's hard to say whether it's a weird looking animal or if the taxidermy was done really, really badly. Well, because it's probably 50 50, honestly. Not true. No? No. Because we'll get into that. Okay. So something about the type of uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me sort of strike that. Um, in, in the photo, the creature looks wolf-like, but not quite like a wolf. Yeah. Something about the shape of its face and arch of its back is different. The photo yep. was captioned. People, bear with me. I don't speak Greek, so yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you probably didn't need to let people know that you don't speak Greek. We're going to find out right now. <laughs> yes. Gaius Tusk cut something. Fuck it. Try it one more time. <laughs> You're so close. Gaius Tastikas Yes, that word. He's had a fucking stroke partway through. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Holy shit, uh, man. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to spell it out. G-U-Y-A-S-T-I-C-U-T-U-S. Yeah, you definitely didn't say that right. Fuck no. <laughs> I gave it a good try. You did. You gave it the old almost dropped out of college try. You got it. Or dropped out of college for a while try. I yes, and then went back and finished. Like a fucking doctor in eight years. You know it. Uh... So, so this 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 name uh, is what some offered as a cheeky name for something fake made to sell tickets. Fair now, enough. with what Kevin said about kind of looks like this, but looks weird. Well, I actually found one that was shot. Okay. Okay. If you would like to go on, is it that big brown thing? I mean, you got a picture? Uh, hold on. Um, 
Here, I'll do you one better. And yeah, that's that's a that's actually just a big ass timber wolf. They debunked that one a while ago. Uh, I, yeah, as far as I know, as of I didn't I didn't find anything that said they actually did. Yeah, this they they got genetics back on it like uh, last year or something and said it's just a big fucking timber wolf. Um. Kind of like that one in Canada where you see the guys, the guys filming his dog running out through the woods and this giant, like, it looks like it's the size of a fucking horse. This giant black wolf comes out and chases the dog and the wolf looks huge until you realize that the guy's got a Jack Russell, which are smaller dogs anyway. And it's just a normal sized wolf, but because it's, you got like this rinky dink ass dog in front of it and it, it just, it looks, it throws the, um, the proportions off, mm-hmm. but it's, it's still a big fucking wolf. It was a really big wolf. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, according to this article, they, uh, this was in 2018. Yeah. Uh, last month, a strange wolf-like creature showed up on a ranch in Denton, Montana, and was promptly shot and killed by a rancher after it strayed uh, too near to his livestock. Understandably. Game wardens collected the animal and took it to away for DNA testing and physical inspection. Officials from Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, Montana FWP, were puzzled at the time. Something was not right about the animal, they said in a video. It doesn't look like a wild wolf. And they would know. Because there's fucking wolves and they would sure study are. them. Uh, the internet, internet speculated that it was could be a wolf, werewolf, of course. Oh, yeah, of a course. dire wolf. Um, the chupacabra. Nope. Or even the uh, Shunkawarakin. I'd be more from... likely to believe the Shunkawarakin than I would yeah. be any of the other ones. An animal from Native American folklore we, we're talking about. Uh, uh, speculation focused on the animal's short legs, large ears, and fur, which many said was not typical of a wolf. Specialists suggest that the animal could perhaps be a wolf-dog hybrid. Mm-hmm. And it's possible for the two species to interbreed, which it sure is. is. I didn't. I didn't realize until recently that because uh, I was actually doing some looking into some other stuff. Um, I always was under the assumption that dogs and foxes could interbreed, and they cannot. It's one of the only other canines that a domestic dog cannot crossbreed with. Hmm. Their genetics don't line up well. They don't line up to make a viable. I'm sure a dog could fuck a fox. Hmm. It's not going to do anything though. Hmm. You know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like wolves, coyotes, stuff like that, obviously. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that. Weird. Yep. Um, it is possible the two species to interbreed, as we were saying, and they share an evolutionary past. It was uh, definitely less far-fetched than the internet speculation about the wolf man anyway. Right. Because they said it was fucking dog man. And it's clearly not a werewolf, because if it had been a werewolf and you'd shot it, it would have transfer- transformed back into a person. Yeah. I mean... If you look at it, it definitely looks like a dog, but it doesn't look like any wolf I've ever seen. It's weird looking, but yeah. It does look weird. Um the based on the photograph, the wolf, wolf expert um has some doubts as to whether or not it's a pure uh breed of wolf or a hybrid of a uh, wild dog of sorts. Sergeant Kyle Anderson of the Montana FWP told local radio station at the time. The canine was taken to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife uh, Service Forensic Laboratory in Ashland, Oregon, for further tests. DNA has since been taken 
from the animal compared to with thousands of samples of wolves, dogs, and coyotes, and a definitive answer has not been found. So at that point. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's... it's um, Man, shit, that was five years ago, though. That's hard to believe. 2018 was five years ago. Yeah. Jesus. Um, I mean, it's... Um, so what's the mysterious wolf-like creature? Well, it's short... In short, it's a wolf. Uh, specifically, DNA tests and physical inspections confirm the animal was a two- or three-year-old female gray wolf. So, I mean, Probably but, had some genetic weirdness with it, though, that yeah. made it look a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, it. it it's big. Yeah, it's, it's, a big, it's a big dog. But, yeah, I mean, it's... But, I mean, looking at it, it's just kind of like, you know, people could uh, say it's a chunk of work. And, I mean, if you actually see the... If you actually look into um, the stuffed version, yeah, for sure. There's it, definitely some similarities. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, but I mean, that could have been uh, a wolf as well. It could have been, but there, there is also they have found fossil evidence of a North American hyena that would have been true in that area. Like, it, it was basically like you know, the Rocky Mountains. It would have been that whole area up through up into Canada. Um, I don't think they made it out this far. But they were definitely they, they found like bones and shit of We had dire wolves. Right. I mean, we had wolves. We had yeah. I mean we had We everything. still have wolves. They just the state of Vermont will not admit to it, but we do have wolves. Mm-hmm. Same with fucking uh um, you know. What what I was gonna say something else. Uh shit. What was I gonna say? Um Oh, yeah, so so uh, we're talking about wolves, okay? I didn't know this. This is kinda like a little side note. Because I was watching, you know, just on Facebook, and I get kind of caught and looking through different videos, and I, because I always try to find some baseball things, and I try to send them to a guy I work with or my brother. Send me so, baseball stuff too, bitch. Well, no, know. no, no. This is like uh, for like batting and fielding and stuff. Okay. Um, I kind of send them to them just so that they can look at them. Um, I try. I would send them to your brother, but your brother knows everything. Yeah, he does. So also, um, also told his son. Last night at a baseball game, and I quote, don't listen to your uncle. He doesn't know what he's talking about with baseball. To which I turned and said, that's coming from someone who played a no skill position in football. (laughs) He was really not happy about that. But all you have to do to be a lineman is be large. Yeah. So, um, uh, but eat dicks. Um, what I didn't know, (laughs) cause it was actually one of the ones that like I I liked and it kind of, I kind of get revolving like different uh videos of it mm-hmm. it's about uh this guy that has um wolves that he's raising from and kept from kept in captivity and uh he was talking about him and what he was saying is the biggest misconception about wolves is that if you go in with them they're actually they will attack you no he goes that's not true at all he goes i go in the cage go in this whole enclosed area all the time with them. He goes, I'll go in there with someone else to feed them. And they immediately run to the other side. They're, they're more afraid of you for the most part than you should be of them. Yeah. And he said, um, the whole, like, um, howl at the moon. They don't howl Mm -mm. at the moon. They howl just because they howl up in the air. It's communicating. It's, uh, no, it actually, it's communication, but it's actually, um, because it travels further. Right. But no, like the, the howling is for communication. Um, yeah. But the whole like, you know, tra- hit, howling up 
is it's just because it travels further. Correct. Um, also, what is it? Uh, the whole like alpha male thing or alpha doesn't exist. There is no such thing as an alpha in the in the wolf community. It's there's just a it's uh based on um like uh well in our society kind of you know like uh your elder statesmen people you seniority yeah yeah that's that's what makes them the alpha is the fact that they're the older of them but alpha everybody always can you know says that like there's there can be like a a fight to see who's alpha no you know it doesn't happen it's just you know they, they said it's just like uh it's a family group right you know they're related and then when there is that fight that the oldest one ends up getting kicked out. It's because they're old and they, you know, that's just how animals work, you know? Yeah. Or well, they it's the die. wolf equivalent of putting them in a fucking nursing home. They die or whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my portion of the road trip. The two other monsters, you know, two monsters. And I was like, cause I was trying to find others and I'm like, I can't really find one. Well, Hey, yet. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. We're doing another monster here. Um, but I broke the rules on the road trip this week. <gasps> you son of a bitch. Um, I know we kind of said no true crime, but there's a guy that I've wanted to cover for a while. First uh, off, A, who said there was no such thing as true crime? Well, we kind of we kind of agreed upon that at the beginning, like no true crime, whatever. And I was like, you know what? They, they got no fucking monsters. But uh, I've wanted to talk about this guy for a while. Not because of what he did, but because of how it all ended. Because uh, he's a piece of shit, and he he got what he deserved. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, so we'll come right back with that here in a minute. All right. October 18th, 1955. George... Jesus. George. George and Charlene Nance welcome their little boy Wayne into the world in Clinton, Montana. Grew up just to eat of... Uh, eat motherfucker i can't i can talk until i have to read um so he grew up just east of missoula in a trailer park near milltown um when he was in school teachers and staff described him as being bright um very smart uh the the term the term that came up a lot was academically gifted Mm. classmates on the other hand had some other stories about him being a fucking menace to society um kind of running around being a douchebag and Bragging about a couple of things like uh, worshiping the devil, and uh, he he really got into the fact that he wanted to commit a murder before he turned nineteen. Okay. Okay. He's a weird fucking kid. Okay. You know. Um, so he graduates from Sentinel High School in the spring of nineteen seventy four, and by April of that year, it's pretty well established that he has claimed his first victim, uh, Donna Pounds. Um, she worked, I'm dude. Uh, I know it's. A, I'm sorry. I'm not, the, it's a terrible the, name. The inner ten year old in me kind of like. I know. And... I know, and you're gonna have that happen again because that's a terrible name. And most of the nicknames that they give these other women, spoiler alert, because there's more than one. Uh-huh. Uh, most of the other nicknames are gonna make you go, "What?" Also, okay, because uh, they did that to me. Um, old Donna here. She worked part time at a uh, at a Christian bookstore. And Joel, she's working one day. Nance breaks into her house. Most of the time, they're thinking it's about 1.30 when he broke in. Um, this is on uh, uh, April 11th. So Donna arrives home at 
where she stumbled upon Wayne rifling through drawers in the master bedroom. Mm-hmm. She confronted him, like, what the hell are you doing here? And uh, when he turned, he had her husband's twenty two rifle in his hands and um, fired around into the wall next to her to try to try to scare her off. She's like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Um, so he then proceeded to jam the rifle into her chest and force her to the bed where uh, he retreated to his handy little black bag and pulled out a length of white clothesline and tied her to the bed. Um, and this would be part of his his M.O. going forward is uh, he raped her multiple times. Then uh, he would force her down to the basement of the house. Once downstairs, he forced her into a chair, um, turned the chair around and shot her five times in the back of the head with a 22. That's a lot. Like, yeah, the 22 is not the most powerful rifle out there, but one will do it. Yeah. Five is little. I I mean, depending on what you had, you've had to, you you may have to reload to get five rounds. Um, Oh my God, man. I mean, if you had a Ruger 1022, and they're not sponsoring the show, but uh, they make a fantastic little 22. I've got a couple of them and they come with a 10 round rotary magazine. So he could have killed her twice or 10 times, I guess. I don't Um, know. Oh, you're going to like this next part. Because as she's slumped forward in the chair, he arranges her body just right so that he can turn her and jam the barrel of the rifle up her vagina and uh, and leave her there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so three eyewitnesses claim they saw Nance around the area of the house um, because he was actually a acquaintance of Donna's son. They, they went to school together. They were kind of buddies. Um, not like the best of friends, but they had hung out outside of school before. Uh Um, he had actually been to the pounds home before. And, um, according to their son, he's like, yeah, I, I, you know, we're farting around. We went out shooting and stuff. So he knew where the guns were. So, yeah. Um, so a fucking woman that took you into her house. Yeah. Plenty of times. Yeah. Um, so her husband would actually find her at about six o'clock that night after coming home and not being able to hear her after, you know, yelling for her multiple times, like, where the hell are you? Yeah. Uh, searched the house, found her in the basement and immediately called the police shocker. Um, and so in the meantime, in between times here, someone else had actually seen him leaving that house with a black gym bag and headed back towards the trailer park where his family lived. So shocker, right? Um, the police show up at, at his house, ask him some questions and he admits to them. No, I, I didn't go to school today. I stayed home. I had to work on a project for school, but I also wasn't here all day though, because I had to go out and get stuff for my project. Mm. And, um, they were like, yeah, sure. Great. Cool. Okay. You're free to go. Um, no charges are filed years later. Um, after searching the house again, they would find a lot of evidence that actually linked him to the murder. So later in 1974, he would go and join the Navy and do Navy things. Um, very, very highly suspected that he continued to carry out these attacks while he was serving wherever he would have been stationed. It's hard to say because this is the seventies and law enforcement weren't sharing information with each other at that point because this isn't how it worked. I don't think you had the database, right? No, but they, so. they wouldn't say there was some weird shit going on in town. Like there'd been a couple of murders or whatever. And the FBI tries mm-hmm. to get involved. Mm-hmm. Local police are not going to give them shit. 
they won't give shit to the neighboring department. They won't give shit to the sheriff's office for the county they're in. They want to solve it. Yeah. Which is why serial killers got away with shit for so long, so well. It's because of police incompetence. It's not because they're fucking super predators that just know what they're doing. Most of it is dumb luck and bad police work. Um, so we'll move up to November 29th of 1977, uh, when Wayne Nance is kicked out of the Navy for misconduct. Uh, misconduct would be uh, being found in the possession of a bunch of stolen stuff from other sailors. He had some weed. He had some LSD. Um, but the one they made the biggest deal about for some reason was a handful of illegal butterfly knives. <laughs> yeah, you got a bunch of shit that you stole from people you live with, but uh, these fucking knives, man, fully automatic assault knives. Gotta be careful with these things. You'll kill somebody. Um, wow. so after he was discharged, he moved to Seattle, uh, in July of 1978. And, uh, not too long after he... Kind of settled down there. A 15-year-old runaway goes missing. Um, you want to see my shock face? Yeah, right? <laughs> there's not a, there's really no time frame for when uh, Devonia Nelson really went missing. But February 27th of 1980, her badly decomposed body was spotted by a train crew near I-90 in Missoula. Um like trains kind of rolling through slow. It's guys doing maintenance on the tracks, So they're keeping an eye out. Yeah. Um, and one of them spots her propped up against a fence. So they call the police. Um, but due to how badly she was decomposed, her body wouldn't be ID'd until February of 1985, five years after she was discovered, they finally figured out who she was. Holy fuck, man. Yeah. Um, wow. She was, she'd been stabbed to death. Um, and up until she was identified, and I told you, Kevin, I told you these names, these fucking names, buddy. Um, the police had nicknamed her <sighs> Betty Beavertail. <laughs> <laughs> this is because of the nearby Beavertail Hill State Park. Okay. okay. There was another one. I don't, I don't believe it was this case, but there was another, um, maybe it was Rodney Alcala. That they had one girl that they just called her orange socks because that's what she was wearing when they found her. Like, the only thing she was wearing was a pair of fucking orange socks, so they just called her orange socks. Okay. Um, speaking of just irrepentant pieces of shit, that guy's one of them. Holy fuck. Th this is one of the few killings that people are really not 100% if he was responsible for. Because there was another guy by the name of David Meyerhofer who was uh, also active in the area at the time. Um, and he could potentially get his own episode too, because he hmm. was also, again, a piece of shit. Um, next up, we've got Marcella Bachman, um, 16 years old, found decomposing very badly December 24th, 1984 by a wildlife photographer. Uh, this dude's out there to take pictures of rabbits and shit. And all of a sudden he stumbles across a melted corpse, which I'm sure that was pleasant to catch in whatever passed for high definition, maybe 35 millimeter at that time. Probably I think 35 mil was just starting to come around, you know, what, what year? Uh, 1984. No, 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 no. You had a VHS. Not a photographer. Well, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. Photography. Like 35 millimeter film. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, whatever, I mean, for film, because you at that point you could. Uh, I mean, hell, 
mean, he didn't have a fucking digital camera, but... The closest thing to a digital camera was a fucking Polaroid. Right. <laughs> After snapping shots and shaking, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, <laughs> hey, those were Jesus the best. Christ. Um, so what he did find when he's out there is he stumbles across the leg sticking up from the ground um, where he had dumped her in a shallow grave and buried her. And then as the body does what a body does when it dies, um, gases move things around and her leg just kind of popped up out of the ground. Um, so investigators would find um, some hair fairly similar to hers in his home. Um, she had taken off from Vancouver, Washington due to, you know, some family issues that she'd been having. Um, and she took three gunshot wounds to the head, caliber unknown. Uh, they weren't sure if it's a nine millimeter or a 38, but it's pretty similar either way, diameter wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, just like Devona Nelson, who got a nickname, the police, uh, they called her Debbie Deer Creek after what? Debbie Deer Creek. She was named after a drainage basin, which was nearby. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty great, right? Yeah. These guys fucking suck. Um, so she wouldn't be identified until 2006. And that was because of DNA profiling. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you in 2006? I was 26. Okay. Yeah. So I was four when she got killed. Yeah. So or found. 22 years old. 22 years later, they identified this woman. Wow. Do you imagine not knowing where somebody had been for fucking Two decades. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, uh, so turns out your daughter has been dead the whole time. And we <laughs> had her. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in a fucking storage locker or some shit. But, wow. Um, <clears throat> so Bachman had actually been seen alive with Nance before she had gone. Dis- she disappeared. Um, so she she had been in a like a truck stop kind of area and he picked her up. Um, and... Um, <sighs> I think I think she may have been a uh, frequent flyer, I guess we'd say, with truckers. Because I think the word <laughs> the term lot lizard is kind of gross, especially when you're applying it to a teenager. Okay. Um, okay. But she used the nickname of Robin. Um, and a lot of people claim that she had either been seen in Texas beforehand or was headed to Texas. But it seems like she may have gotten around in the, the trucker community kind of. Um, so Bachman's grave was about two miles away from where Nance's house was. Um, he claims that she had left the area on September 28th, 1984, which was right around the same time she died. Um, coincidentally, of course, um, her brother is actually, was actually a private investigator who spent a lot of time digging into this. And he, for the longest time, was convinced that she have, may have actually been a victim of Gary Ridgway, who was the Green River Killer, who up until very recently was the most prolific killer in United States history. Because um, he had a tendency to pick up prostitutes, kill them, and then drive to different states to dump them. And he operated in Washington. So Washington to Montana to dump a body, not that big of a deal. It's a little bit of a drive. If you, you just killed somebody. How far are you going to drive to dump their body? You're not going to dump it two miles from your fucking house like a psychopath. You're going to try to get rid of it somewhere. 
And he did that a lot. He, they had victims of his that they found in like Oregon, Northern California. I think they had one in Idaho too. He, he would drive all over the goddamn place to dump these bodies. There, he had his fucking son with him when he dumped one of these girls. Gary Ridgway, not this piece of shit. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he was convinced for a while that, um, that she may have been one of his victims. And then later on, after they've really dug through everything and they go back through all of the evidence, they did find her hair in his truck, confirming he's the one that fucking did it. Um, September 11th, 1985. Never been a good day, apparently. Um, the bleached skeleton of Janet Lee Lucas, 23 years old, um, is found in Missoula with two thirty-two caliber bullets in her skull. Um, this is about three miles away from where Bachman was found. So pretty good pattern there. We're just killing it. We're, he shouldn't where he eats. He's dumping fucking bodies right not too far from his house. Um, invest. <laughs> Again, here's some police work for you. They're not sure when exactly she was killed, but they think it was somewhere between 1983 and 1985. So, you know, good two-year window. Um, and she was unidentified until May of 2021. So uh, that's uh, what, 30, almost 40 years. Yeah. That this poor woman's. Uh, yeah. Um, very. They, they believe she may have been uh, just due to uh, facial structure and bone structure. They think she may have been of Asian descent. Um, and again, she gets a fucking god awful nickname of Christy Crystal Creek. These all sound like 80s porn star names, and they should be fucking ashamed of themselves. Um, Based on further examination, they're saying probably anywhere between 18 and 35. She is between 4 foot 10 and 5 foot 2, which would also kind of lean more towards that being of Asian descent, um, because most Asian women are tiny. Yeah. Um, And somewhere of like 90 to 110 pounds. Again, tiny little. She's a girl. She's 23 years old. She was a girl. She's not a, you know, um, for some reason they're like, yeah, uh, due to looking at her teeth and all these fillings, we think she may have been a smoker. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? It took you 40 fucking years to identify this poor woman. Yeah. But you know, eh, she smoked cigarettes. Who gives a fuck? Um, so a lot of the other stuff, like they think she was most likely from the Spokane, Washington area, um, due to DNA profiles matching that area. So she probably had family there. So she was probably from there, you know? Um, so Nance has really never been, um, he's never really been definitively tied to her, Mm -hmm. but two rounds in the head, three miles from the other girl who was two miles from his house. It's a five mile radius. It was him. Yeah. Plain and fucking simple. Yeah. Um, for sure. He's also responsible for the December 12th, 1985 murder of 35 year old Michael Robert stock. And I'm sorry, shook and Teresa shook who's 32 in Ravalli County, which when I first read it, I thought it was ravioli County <laughs> and it's not, um, that's in New York or New Jersey. Uh, um, but uh, unfortunately, these ones were found tied up inside their own home, stabbed to death. Um, Nance 
walks into their home at 9 p.m., introduces himself as, quote, Conan the Barbarian because he's a fucking loser. Uh, he then demands their money and fires off a shot, which hit Teresa in the leg. Yeah. Um, a... Oh, yeah, I forgot this little detail. Um, after the bodies were found um, during the autopsy due to the injury to her leg, most of the pathologists and people like that are pretty sure that he spent some time trying to dig the bullet out of her leg while she was still alive. Hmm. Um, they can tell that it was while she was still alive due to the damage to the bone from the knife. Uh, cause it's a lot of weird little like chinks and checks and shit like that in it. Meaning that she was probably flinching while he's scraping a knife across a bone while she's still alive, trying to oh. dig a fucking bullet out to oh. avoid any evidence. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So again, then the police are like, well, we don't think he meant to shoot her. Whatever. Probably not because he fucking stabbed her to death. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he tried to dig the bullet out of her meant that he probably didn't mean to actually hit her. He's yeah. probably trying to scare her. And um, He's very flinchy, which we'll talk about shortly, which, uh, goddamn, I love this. Um, so there, before they were tied up, obviously Michael was trying to defend his wife and defend his home, get into a bit of a scuffle, a little kerfuffle, if you will. Um, and uh, Wayne kind of popped him in the head with something. They don't know. It was a blunt object. It could have been a, a fucking a flashlight, uh, a candlestick that he found in the library mm-hmm. next to the corpse of Colonel Mustard or, or whatever. Um, but he knocked, he knocked him out, uh, forced Teresa upstairs where he obviously, you know, sexually assaulted and then stabbed her to death. And, um, when she was found, she was completely clothed except for her underwear with a pillow over her face. Um, and uh, a neighbor did see a truck which kind of matched the description of Nance's vehicle leaving the property. He returned later and took an elk statue, um, a stag-handled uh, hunting knife, and a silver dollar collection before attempting to set fire to the home. So you go in. Grab some random shit to make it look like a fucking robbery gone wrong, even though you literally left DNA evidence inside of someone at this fucking house because uh-huh. you're retarded. Um, and then, you know, whatever. Uh, so the fire smoldered, never really took off for the most part. Um, the intended, you know, like whatever he used to set this fire, um, actually re- released cyanide gas into the air, uh, into the house which uh, slowly gassed the children that were trapped inside also. Lovely. Yeah, um, what a fucking dick. The couple's four children all survived. Um, they were rescued by neighbors. Um, nice. And later on, after after everything went down with Wayne, they searched his house and they found all of these items that had been stolen from the home. Oh. So we should probably get into his like kind of day-to-day life. You know, because he, he wasn't just, he wasn't a professional serial killer. He's got to put food on the table. You know, you got to put gas in your truck to go fucking rob people and kill them and rape them and then get spotted because you used your own fucking truck because okay. you're stupid. Um, but he, so he worked as a mover for the, uh, the Conlin Furniture Department. Um, it's a department store in the area. Uh-huh. Um, everybody there is like, he's just a pretty normal guy. Average dude, you know, it's always those fuckers you got to watch out for. Um, he did have a couple of female customers that complained about 
him harassing them there. Um, maybe making some phone calls and harassing them. Um, because, you know, obviously you're delivering furniture, so you're going to people's houses, which is, it's kind of a, if you're going to be a serial killer, kind of a genius job to have. Look at fucking Dennis Rader. He was installing security systems at people's houses. So obviously you know where everything is. You know how to bypass the goddamn security system. As long as it's an ADT one, because if it's one of those fucking brinks, he's toast. Because he has no idea with those. He was an ADT guy. I can bypass it. BTK, yeah, he was an ADT guy. All you can do is make sure the fire alarm doesn't go off. I can do security, too. Yeah, and you're also not a serial killer because you don't have the fucking ambition to do it. You're right. <laughs> it requires too much work. It um, does. It, that's true. It's true. It does. It, it, that's fucking... That, yeah. No. Um, I don't have that much ambition. So the other the other thing that was a... I, I guess the term... A little weird would be the fact that a couple of his female co-workers found a peephole that he had been using to take pictures of them in the bathroom. Which is a little strange, you know. Little little odd to hmm. do that. Um... So, when he was questioned, he blamed it on other people he worked with. Um, okay. And when they were questioned, they were like, oh, no, no, no. That's, uh, that's a Wayne thing. Um, yeah. So, September 3rd, 1986, Wayne makes a fucking mistake. He attempts to murder husband and wife Douglas Wells. Uh, Doug, I'm sorry, Douglas and Kristen Wells. They, they were known by their friends as Doug and Chris because you're not going to call them Douglas and Christine all the time. Or, Nobody does that. I would. Um, so Nance worked with, uh, he actually worked with Chris at the furniture store. Um, and one day he started talking to Doug and they're kind of in the front yard of the house. And it's, it's late at night. So I'm, I'm wondering if they had like, a, you know, like a work thing, like a little work get together or whatever. And they're all hanging out at Chris and Doug's house. Um, but then again, it's Christine. No, it's Kristen. But then again, that might not be the case because uh, Doug kind of caught him hanging out in the bushes. And it wasn't a, hey, buddy, have a great night kind of conversation. It was, why the fuck are you in the bushes outside of my house at midnight? Better question, why the fuck are you in the bushes outside of my house in general? Okay? I lost something in the bushes. Yeah. Um, So, you know, Nance is like, well, I was just kind of walking through and... I saw somebody walking around the outside of your house. Ah, you know, smart move. Um, yeah. Then he's like, "Hey, you know, hey, let me, uh, let me borrow a flashlight. I'll go walk around. I'll go check." Try. He talks Doug into getting him a flashlight. So they both go into the house. As soon as they walk in, fucking Wayne cranks him in the back of the head with something, and um, he then ties him and Chris both up. Nance then stabs Doug in the chest. After dragging him down to the basement. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was like a big chunk of wood that he cracked him with. Um, dragged him down to the basement. They get into a fucking scuffle down there. And he stabs Doug in the chest. With a butcher knife that he had grabbed from the kitchen. Mm. Um, Wait, on his way down, he grabbed a butcher knife? Yeah, because he, he'd cracked him in the head up in the kitchen. And then they went down. Then he dragged him downstairs. They got into a, you know, He regained consciousness. They got oh, into a fight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because um, Doug is a motherfucker. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So he then goes back upstairs, forces Chris into the bedroom, 
because he's got it in his mind that, hey, I've been working with this woman for quite some time, and I think it's time we take things to the next level. And uh, I'm a raper, uh-huh. basically, is where he's going here. Um, so Doug is bleeding profusely from a fucking a chest wound from a large caliber steak knife. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wayne is getting ready to do his thing, and all of a sudden... Like a fucking action hero, Doug just reappears in the doorway. Okay. <laughs> he managed to get himself a rifle. Got one round in it. Ooh. Doug comes up the stairs, sees his wife in a large amount of distress. Um, he, takes a, he takes a crack at Wayne with this rifle. Okay. It's a hunting rifle. It's a... This is the large caliber weapon that that people should be worried about, as opposed to the fucking spicy twenty two that you hold in your hand. Three hundred eight. No, it's like a two seventy. Okay. Oh. But it doesn't really matter because he missed. Okay. Well, I mean, I would miss. He's too. bleeding. He got fucking stabbed in the yeah, goddamn yeah. chest. I mean, so if he hit him, he, he would fucking exploded him against the wall. Like, God damn. we're talking like a bedroom. Like, I don't know, probably like a twelve by twelve bedroom. You hit somebody at that distance with a honey rifle, and they don't exist anymore. No. They're no longer a problem. No. Okay. So he missed. They get into a fight. Wayne goes in his back, you know, like down into the back of his pants where he pulls out a revolver. Scuffling around on the floor. Light gets knocked over. You know, it's kind of like on and off. You know, light gets tipped over, so it's kind of like flickering kind of. Um, Doug gets back to his feet. Wayne is bringing the the pistol up to take a shot at him when Doug kicks him in the hand. Pistol comes up just under his chin as he pulls the trigger and he fucking shot him. <laughs> so Wayne Nance kills himself, but we're going to give Doug the assist. I was, because he did the cre- he did the work. Okay? I actually don't think he ki- no no. See, first off, no, hey, he I, he was trying to squeeze the trigger as he was coming up with the pistol, and Doug fucking boots him, bam, a, and he shot himself assi- in the head. I think it's assisted suicide. That's what I'm saying. He killed himself, but we're going to give Doug the assist. It's we're going by Call of Duty rules. Okay, he did plenty of he did plenty of damage All to right. get his 75 points. All right. for the kill. All right, okay, I'll agree. Um, I'll go with it, and that's why I said I wanted to cover this one. Because this piece of shit got what he deserved. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as the police are going through everything, they get you know they get into his wallet and stuff, and they find a bunch of folded up pictures of Chris in his wallet from work. Which I mean, at this point in time, Doug is probably like, "Move, <laughs> throw in police so you can try to shoot this guy or stab him again after he's already dead." Um, and ah, uh, uh, God, it's so gross. Because he, he really had a thing for Chris because he was, like, hiding in the bushes when she's going out jogging and taking pictures of her and shit like that. Yep. Um, two of these pictures have, have handwritten notes on the back of them. Um, one says, I'm crazy about you. He could have just stopped after the first three words of that. Um, and the other says, I want you to live with me. Um, but uh, needless to say, Wayne Nance was a piece of shit and he died accordingly. No. That's, um that's sad. So it's not it's not that often that you do a serial killer story with a happy ending sure. where they fucking die by either their own hand or by the hand of the victim depending on how you want to look at it. Maybe. The only other one that really kind of jumps forward in my brain for that is uh uh Dean Coral who was the 
uh, the Candyman, the guy down in Texas that killed a bunch of teenage boys. Um, and one of his accomplices, who was also a teenage boy, got a hold of the gun. And uh, after he had been destroyed and um, he, he I, if, if I remember correctly, he got the gun and he's like, you ain't going to do anything with it. And he fucking shot him in the face. <laughs> so he did something with it. Uh, he still spent a lot of time in jail because he was providing boys for him. Like he'd like, like, Hey, no, come over and hang out with Dean. He's got a fucking ski ball table and shit. And then he just fucking, you know, he had a board that he would tie him to and just do awful shit. And then he'd bury all their bodies in his fucking, uh, his storage unit under his boat. They pulled like 30, 33 bodies out of there. He held the record until John Wayne Gacy came around. Let's put it that way. Mm. Um, and John Wayne Gacy actually looked up to him as an inspiration cause he read about him. Um, yeah. Basically the same fucking person. One had a candy shop, the other had a KFC, though. So, But yeah, that's uh, that's Wayne Nance, who got the nickname of the Missoula Mauler, understandably, because uh, Missoula, and he's also a huge piece of shit. So, hmm. um, yeah. Hmm. So that's, uh, that's what I got from Montana. Nice. Yeah. I mean, not really, but... That's what he's got. I like that this guy got fucking dead. Yeah, he didn't. There was no... Long drawn out trial where we're like, oh, he's crazy. No, he fucking died the way he should have. Exactly. Violently. Yes. So anyway. Yeah. Studio stuff. Studio.com forward slash. No, no forward slash. Just studio.com. Go check them out. They have Bluetooth earbuds, headphones, speakers, speaker. Yes, you want. speaker. Um, and uh, yeah, put when you go to checkout, put the promo code of Dark Windows fifteen in to get fifteen percent off your entire purchase. Because you know, why not save money? Fucking right. Because shit's well. fucking not cheap these days. Hey, saving uh, money is not just for rich people anymore. You know? No, it's true. Uh, also, I like saving money, and I'm poor as fuck. Uh, also, go to Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. Five bucks a month gets you. An extra episode once a week, um, which we are actually preparing to uh, record now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. if you like what you're hearing enough to say, hey, maybe let's give these guys some money, that's great. Let's do it because, uh, I mean, that's awfully sweet of you. We put out a we put out a not half bad product on the regular for uh, for free. So if you think we've earned it. We would love for you to give us five dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just think about it like this: you can get seventy by the time you hear the seventy-one episodes of ah, semi-premium Patreon content, and all you got to do is skip getting a coffee on your way to work once a month. True, that's all we're asking. It's not that bad. Or a few coffees. Because, I mean, depending... Most on... people go to, like, Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. That's a uh, coffee. Yeah, that's true. I it's mean, you know, a medium coffee at Dunkin' Donuts here is, like, fucking four eighty nine now. That's a five. Yeah. You know? So we're not asking for much. No. And we're not going to give you much. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we're not going to give you much quality-wise. We've got plenty of quantity. Uh-huh. Okay? That's very true. And sometimes it's more about quantity than quality. Uh, yes. Um, but, yeah. So until next week, um, well, we'll be back with... Memorial Day stuff, because we love talking about guys doing crazy shit in war, because it's uh-huh. incredible. Uh, so until then, we will be, uh, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. 
Just because you can't stay out of the dark doesn't mean the dark can't stand you. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.